Should you be a whole life on schooler or punish your children when they don't get straight A's in school? Should you leave your husband if the relationship feels tense and exhausting, or should you commit till death to us part, no matter how painful staying together is? Should you work outside the home and climb the corporate ladder, or should you surrender to a life of total stay-at-homing, giving up on your interests and income in favor of parenting? Should you home birth or get a medicated birth? Should you vaccinate fully or not at all? Should you feed your children organic plant-based food forever or let them eat whatever they want, sugar included? Should you give them free access to screens or should you be completely screen free? We are faced with many, many, many decisions on this parenting journey. And today, I'm going to talk about one way to make these decisions. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hey there, I'm Avital. If you are just meeting me for the first time, welcome. I am so honored that you've tuned in here. I know you have a million and one other things you could be doing. You're a busy person and you've chosen to spend a little bit of time with me here together and I cherish that. I am a mindful parenting coach and the mother of four and my goal is to help you, my fellow imperfect, I bet you're imperfect just like every other human, but intentional and I know you're intentional because you're here today. (laughs) Intentional parent, say goodbye to clutter, chaos and conflict and reclaim presence, peace and play for your family. So if that sounds good, you've come to the right place. Today, I want to talk a little bit about our decision-making process and one of the realms that I want you to introduce to yourself as a third and often hidden uh, option in whatever decision you're facing when it comes to your identity as a parent, what type of parent you want to be, what type of lifestyle you want to offer your children, be it sleep, food, education, your relationship, your lifestyle, the type of house you live in. All of those decisions can leave us feeling very torn and ripped apart and polarized and unsure, or at least let me speak for myself. It can leave me feeling that way. And I bet that some of you might feel that way as well. So before we dive into that, I just want to say a huge thank you to anyone who has left a review on iTunes. It makes a huge difference to me personally. And if I've made any difference to you, then that is a wonderful way of giving back to me. I appreciate it so very much and I am so grateful. So I want to shout out new mama 56 who just recently wrote, I cannot express just how much Avital's work has impacted my life as a new mom. I was deep in the throes of postpartum depression for an entire year last year. I began implementing her tough love advice about accepting help from others and taking self-care seriously. With time and little by little action on my part, each and every day, Avital's motivating voice in my head always, I turned my life and parenting around. Thank you, Avital. Love, a very grateful first-time mom. And the title for this review was pulled me out of PPD. Now, new mama 56, I just want to say, I'm sure that I did not pull you out of PPD. You pulled yourself out of PPD, taking those steps, taking yourself seriously, taking your life seriously. And I just want to applaud you and congratulate you and celebrate with you that you're coming out of the throes of that depression, which can be 
absolutely paralyzing and terrifying for us parents. I do understand. So well done to you. And if something I've put out there on the interwebs has somehow helped one mama with some depression, then wow, this is all so worth it. And I appreciate it so much. So it really does mean the world to me that you write that in and that you let others see that as well. Thank you so very much. And if you haven't left a review yet, leave a review and I'd also just love to connect with you over this episode. I'm sitting here recording it for you and I would love to hear how it lands with you, if it's helpful, what your thoughts are. And one of the best places to leave me your comments is at theparentingjunkie.com. If you go to theparentingjunkie.com, you'll find the podcast. You can leave a comment there and I would love to interact with you there or over on Instagram. Just take a selfie or take a picture or uh, take a screenshot of this episode, share it out on your stories. And hey, if you have any parents who you think might benefit from it, friends of yours, then please share it with them as well. So today we're talking about the polarizing effect of decision-making. One of the things, kind of a hidden uh, burden that I think we experience as parents in today's day and age in particular is decision fatigue. Okay, what does that mean? Well, decision fatigue is basically just the exhaustion of having to make too many decisions. I have to tell you that for me personally, I think decision fatigue is one of my main burdens uh, of my day-to-day life. Sometimes I lose it with my kids just because they're asking me one more question or posing to me one more thing that I have to make a decision about. Like, am I allowed this? Or can we do that? Or can you help me here? And just the fact that I have to make all of these decisions on an ongoing basis is extremely exhausting to me. Now, granted, I don't make my life very easy. And we're going to talk about that today. I make decisions that lead to a lot more decision-making. For example, uh, home education. When you're doing home education, you have to piece together a lot of decisions throughout the day. What are we going to learn? Where are we going to go? How are we going to spend our day? Um, And if you send your children to school, which is 100% a good choice in many cases, then that's a little bit less decision-making. But regardless of your lifestyle, I bet that you have a lot of decisions on your own mind right now. Let me guess some of them and let me know if I've hit the mark on any of these. Do you find yourself often visiting and revisiting the decision of how to feed your children? Whether or not to force them to eat certain things or to forbid them to eat certain things or certain quantities or in certain places or certain types of food. Are you making a decision on an ongoing basis whether it's worth investing in organic food or whether it's okay to let them have a donut once a week at grandma's house? You know, those are tiring decisions. Are you making decisions around how to handle sleep? Should we sleep train? Should we co-sleep? Should I do something about the early rising? About when or how or where to potty train? Or to which diapers to use? Or how many clothes you should be buying and what brands? All the way through to which activities you should be registering them to, which books you should read them, what's important, what isn't. 
And then, of course, all of the emotional decisions, all of the emotional labor that us parents have to have to labor at. For example, how do I handle it when my child is afraid? How do I handle it when my child is acting out? What should I do with this tantrum? Should I try to shut it down and distract them? Or should I, you know, sit through it patiently? Do I need to punish them? Do I need to bribe them? Do I need to reward them? Do I need to talk about it? Should I stay silent? Should I share this information? How should I handle this, you know, uh, this scare or this frustration or this challenge? Should we medicate? Should we vaccinate? Should we circumcise? Should we baby wear? Should we co-sleep? Should we bottle feed? Oh, the amount of decisions. There's consumer decisions like which, you know, high chair to buy and or which pair of shoes would be the best for your child and all of these different decisions that we have to make regularly. And overall, those decisions demand a lot of brain energy, right? We burn a lot of calories in our brain by thinking on these decisions, which is why it's helpful to minimize and simplify wherever possible. Whatever decisions we can, you know, make a one and done, make a decision ahead of time, and then that's the decision for at least a good while, that can be really helpful. It's the limbo, it's the in-between, it's the not knowing that can be incredibly exhausting. So there are many decisions where we can do that, right? We can commit to a certain thing, uh, like this is the supermarket I'm buying from, this is my meal plan, I'm buying this type of food, and that's what I'm going to do for the next year, and I'm not going to rethink it every single week, right? Great. Or I've just committed to this consumer brand or to this, you know, clothing line or to this preschool or to this approach to discipline. And I commit and I'm going to follow through and stay consistent at least for a time. And those things are wonderful. And the more we can do that, the better. But the trouble is that there are some areas of decision-making that continue to plague us. And the reason why we cannot just kind of make a decision and stay consistent with it is actually to do with our identity. What do I mean by this? Well, let me give you an example of disciplining, all right? There are some parents out there who know for sure that they don't want to get angry, they don't want to punish, it's just not in them, they don't have an angry bone in their body, they actually have trouble setting boundaries, and they know that they're just going to allow their children to do whatever it is they want. They would be called and labeled permissive by many, right? They would be permissive parents who aren't going to hold boundaries and don't feel like they should tell their children what to do and feel 100% equal in terms of authority to their children. And on the other end of the spectrum, at the other extreme, are the punitive parents who have very clear boundaries, very firm rules, and a very strict authority over their children, where it's 100% clear to them that if their children step out of line, even just a little bit, they will come down on them like a ton of bricks because they are clear in establishing their authority. Now, you and I may not prefer either of these extremes, right? We may not want to be permissive and lack boundaries, but we may also not want to be punitive and 
authoritarian, where we are kind of these scary uh, drill sergeant type parents. And that's where we get into trouble with decision fatigue, because what happens is every single time we're faced with a situation, like a child talks back at us and says, well, you're so dumb, right? Calls us a name. We are suddenly trying to figure out how we respond in that situation. And why do I say that this is an identity issue? If we had clarity around our identity, if it was clear to us, my identity is, you know, I'm a strict, tough parent. I keep my children in line. That's my job. Then, like it or not, I wouldn't have any confusion in how to react to that back talk. I would grab my child and put them in a timeout and it would be absolutely clear to me. I would have no decisions to make in that situation. My identity is crystal clear, right? And the same would go for the permissive parent. The permissive parent who knows that they, you know, they see their child as 100% equal to them in terms of decision-making and authority. They don't see themselves as the child's guide. They see themselves as, you know, just best friends and equal and peers and all of that stuff. Um, Then they're not going to Uh, they know that they're not going to punish. They know that they're not going to yell. They know they're going to just laugh it off or brush it off or offer the child a lollipop if they calm down or that kind of thing. And so suddenly you and I perhaps who are looking at these two quote unquote extremes find ourselves looking for a third and alternative identity to those two options, right? We say, well, that's not me and that's not me. But in the search for this identity, we feel confused. So sometimes there are these extremes that we perceive in popular culture, right? Like the example I just gave of discipline. Another example might be um, sleep, right? In sleep, one extreme would be I am waiting for my child to self-wean and to self-soothe and to teach themselves to sleep and they will co-sleep and nurse on demand until they are ready. And I will never, you know, abandon or neglect my child by not allowing them to nurse on demand and feel my body's heat. And that's how we were meant to develop in, you know, indigenous societies. That's how it's done. And children need to feel their parents. And anything other than that would be considered almost abusive by a parent like that, right? By someone who is 100% committed to the full-on attachment parenting style where they say, you know, skin to skin and body connection and breastfeeding on demand and beware of anyone who wants to train your baby. And that's fine and that works for many parents and that's on one side of the spectrum. And on the other side, on the very, you know, polar opposite extreme is the parents who are following a strict regiment and they're feeding or nursing their babies specific ounces at specific hours and counting the hours in between and the baby is in the crib and will not be picked up. And, you know, the, until until the sleep methodology or training is, is complete, there's no intuitive reaction and attunement to what the baby's asking because this parent has a clear identity as someone who is organized, who is going to sleep train their baby, who is the boss of the household and who is going to make it clear. Now, I don't know where you fall on that spectrum, but I know that I fall into neither of those camps. Neither of those align with my identity. And so I find myself, and I have four children, so I found myself in this position each and every time, in 
a middle spot, right? On near the end, kind of in the middle between those ends, seeing the value proposition in both, understanding the parents on both ends of those extremes, but relating to neither of them. Saying, well, for me personally, nursing on demand for two or three years uh, throughout the night and co-sleeping, the physical sacrifice for that is way too high, both for me and for my child. In my case, that's how it feels. It feels like the exhaustion uh, would ruin me and I would be very afraid of what that would do also to my child. Because for me, I don't sleep well like that. And I wouldn't be a good parent if I'm up several times a night waiting for the magical day when my baby just, you know, spaces out her feedings by herself. There are parents who have incredible success with that, and that's wonderful. And if that's you, then bravo. It isn't me, right? It isn't me. On the other hand, I'm not the regimented parent who doesn't want to attune to her child and doesn't want to nurse somewhat on demand and doesn't want to cuddle uh, and is willing to, you know, kind of swaddle my baby, put them in a room, leave them there for four hours and come back later because that was the predetermined nap time. I applaud this parent's organization and being on it and prioritization of healthy sleep habits, but I question the methodology really deeply. And so that's not me either. And so then I find myself somewhere in the middle. Now, I could bring this example for you in many different areas, right? In the area of um, education, which I've already mentioned, right? There are some parents who are radical unschoolers. So for them, there's never going to be any adult-led education. They're not going to teach their children actively anything the children aren't asking to learn. There is no forced education, no classes that they're going to push their children to try. They're not going to, um, you know bat an eyelid if their child isn't reading by the time they're nine or 10 or 11. That's going to be something that this parent not only can tolerate, but actually feels is necessary and part of their educational process. And I respect that. I know a lot of parents like this. I know their children. They are wonderful, happy families. And on the other side of that spectrum is the story we all know, and it might be you, of the parent who's sending their child to a, you know, competitive private school and is concerned about straight A's and peak performance and they're sitting, you know, on homework and with tutors and summer schools and what have you to advance their children academically um, throughout their childhood, right? Very, very, very different ends of the spectrum, the radical unschooler versus, you know, the private school mom, let's call it. Although, of course, you know, maybe a tiger mom would be the right word there, right? Someone who's pushing her child to excel. Now, I relate to both of these. I understand the motivation behind both of these parents and I understand where they're coming from. And so once again, I find myself somewhere, somewhere in the middle there. Not, I'm not radical, radical unschooler, but I'm also not relating to the parent who's pushing their child to get grades and to perform. And so where do I find myself? Well, I find myself in this identity question of what is this place? What is this middle experience, this middle road. 
And the same goes for boundaries. I know parents who basically, I would define it as don't have boundaries. Whatever the children want to do, the parents are gonna say yes. I have friends who at every opportunity are asking their children for their preferences. They respect their children's preferences more than the preferences of the adult in the family. And they will prioritize their children's preferences over those of the parents, the culture at large, society, right? For example, I know a family who's a wonderful family. They're radical unschoolers and their six-year-old decided that he wanted to stay up all night and sleep all day. Not once, always. He wanted always to become nocturnal. And for an entire year, this family arranged themselves so that it was possible for their six-year-old to be up all night and go to sleep at eight o'clock in the morning until eight in the evening. Now, what it took for this family was, you know, making sure someone was always home during the day because their child was sleeping and making sure that their house was 100% safe at night and, you know, setting out food and that kind of thing for him during the night. And at the end of the year, he was done with his experiment and he went back to sleeping at night. But this family didn't say, no, you can't do that. People sleep in the night and are awake in the day and that's what we need to do. I'm sorry. They said, sure, you want to try that? We'll make it possible. That's uh, one version of a, a radical unschooling family, right? A whole life unschooling family in the sense that they don't really have boundaries Unless they're literally, you know, very extreme health and safety boundaries or things that the parents simply won't tolerate. Uh, I'm imagining that if that child wouldn't want to wear a seatbelt in the car, they would definitely find a way to convince him to wear a seatbelt. But to them, being up all night wasn't a health and safety issue from their perspective. Uh, By the way, it would be from mine, but it wasn't from theirs. And so that was something they were willing to tolerate versus other families that I know that dictate, you know, religious practices and educational practices and behavioral practices. And they force it, you know, say, please say, thank you. Now you have to say this prayer. Now you have to say that prayer. Now you have to wear this hat. Now you have to put your shoes on like this. Now you have to go to this school. And they're going to be controlling absolutely every area of the child's life, of course, including bedtime, but of course, including absolutely everything else, like what the child says, does, reads, watches, etc. And so where, where do you fall on that spectrum? I know that I don't fall in either of those camps, right? I would not allow my child to stay up all night because that would feel like a lack of boundaries for me and my family, wouldn't work for me. Um, and yet I also really value the idea of giving children a high degree of sovereignty and autonomy over their use of their time within certain boundaries and not forcing religious practices or not forcing educational experiences on them, you know, but I do kind of nudge my children in the direction that I want them to go. And there are certain things in my home that definitely are boundaries that I'm unapologetic about. And so that's my question for you today is where do you land on these on these different spectrums and the decisions that are actually more complicated to make they are usually complicated because we're unsure of our identity now before i go into this identity that i want to propose is just a disclaimer that says 
radical families on every end of the spectrum can be happy, healthy families and wonderful parents. I'm sure of it because I see it. I see families that are a lot more controlling and have very firm boundaries and very clear expectations. And I see families where there is, you know, completely none, no boundaries and no expectations. And I have friends and family who I absolutely love, adore, cherish, and look up to and admire on both sides of that spectrum. I have friends who co-sleep into, you know, into teenagehood and friends who sleep train at two weeks old. And I respect and understand the motivations of both of them. But what I'm interested in today is to talk to you and to share with you one identity that I've been exploring for myself, which is the radical middle. The radical middle is in a sense, a place that actually sits on top of this spectrum. It's not within the spectrum, say, let's bring sleep training as an example, right? It's not somewhere along that spectrum of sleep training all the way through to co-sleeping on demand, you know, all the way through to, to that. Instead, it actually sits on top and sees the value in both polarities, understands understands, empathizes with, validates the choices made on either end of that spectrum. That is actually, honestly, where I feel that I sit in relation to many things in my life right now. Uh, to, to give you an example outside of parenting, I sit there with regards to politics. You know, America is very polarized when it comes to politics, particularly now. And I'm apolitical. I don't affiliate with any party and I'm not American. So it's very easy for me to, to not even make that choice. But one of the things that I find really interesting as a human perspective and just as, as a thinker is to sit above that, to take a bird's eye view and to take stock of the validation, the justification, the experience and the perspective offered by either end of the spectrum and of course, all the shades of gray in between. So when you take a step back from the spectrum of say, you know, boundaries of having, you know, very clear and firm, strong limits versus having none, you can sit on top and see that and understand the parents who are in either of those camps, understand what's driving them, understand the value proposition that their choices are making and offering, and instead pick and choose which elements of either of the extremes do you want to incorporate into your radical middle practice into your radical middle approach. Walking that middle line where we say, I'm equally um, open, not I'm equally committed to, but I'm equally open to learning from either end of this spectrum. Educationally, for example, I'm completely open to learning from radical unschoolers. I read books about it. I have friends who do it. I learn about it and I'm fascinated by it. And that allows me to incorporate many of the elements and to cherry pick the ones that work for my family. 
but I'm equally open to learning from, you know, practices in private schools and academic schools and mainstream schools and traditional schools that actually I may have missed out on had I not been open to learning from them because I identified wholly with one particular identity that was on the other side of the pet of the spectrum. In other words, if I decided that's it, I'm a radical unschooler, that means I close myself off to learning from and being open to the value proposition and the teachings and lessons that I can gain from a school environment and then perhaps incorporate into my life. That's why in my case, I like to call it joy schooling or hack schooling, right? Where we're hacking our own educational path, but we're willing and open to draw from the um, the teachings and the wisdom in many different and even opposing educational pedagogies and approaches. So the, ma- the what's radical about this middle way is that we aren't labeling ourselves, that we aren't making camp on either one or other end of the spectrum, that we aren't being, uh, you know, polarizing, that we aren't making an us versus them type of approach, but rather saying, well, my guess is that we're all here to make sure that our children have a great educational experience. And my guess is that all parents want their children to sleep healthily. And my guess is that we all want to feed our children well, and we all want to develop a healthy relationship with screens. Now, let's learn from all the different approaches and identities around this. Let's take and pick and choose from the different camps what resonates for us, what makes sense for us, what feels right to us on a gut level. Now, if this is resonating for you, I need to tell you kind of three important things about walking this radical middle, that, I, as I call it, right? I think that in many aspects, it's even more radical to choose the middle path, that path that has a bird's eye view and is open, you know, you're vulnerably open, your heart space is open to accepting lessons and wisdom from different schools of thought. So the first thing you need to know about this is the middle is hard, It's complicated to pick and choose and to remain open and flexible in our thinking. It demands a lot of mental energy to consider and to pivot when necessary, right? I mean, this is the decision fatigue that I've been talking about. When you make a choice like I've made or like I'm making to straddle that middle, to be open to learning from all different walks of life, and to stay curious, then that is hard because you can't just put your head down and cruise and just follow the steps of all the people around you. You can't just say, well, this is how it's done. And so this is how I'm doing it. It doesn't allow you to be non-complacent, right? Or to relax and to just do, you know, to follow the, the, the well-trodden path. The middle is hard because you're you're actually constantly um, making your own path and it hasn't been, you know, traveled before because it's unique to you. But this kind of flexibility is a huge strength, right? And in some ways, if you go to an extreme 
any extreme, any decision that you decide, we're sleep training our baby, we're full on, you know, full on sleep training them, or we're full on co-sleeping and, and nursing through the night until it ends, then that's kind of liberating, right? It may or may not be the right decision for you, but there's a liberation in making that decision, right? There's a liberation at the extremes because your identity is clear. You don't have to make any more decisions. You can kind of make camp with all the people who are there with you. They defend you. You kind of close close in on that circle and defend yourselves. And anybody on the outside is an outsider, right? It gives you a sense of belonging and identity. Like, oh, here I am. I belong to this camp. This is what we do. This is what's on our flag. You know, do or die. <laughs> we will um, lay on our swords for this. It's liberating. It's There's clarity there. In the middle, you don't get to do that, right? You don't get to say, here, I have a camp. <laughs> All of us people who are figuring out the messy middle are in a camp together. <laughs> Although hopefully uh, the parenting junkie community online could be that camp for you. And if you want to connect with other people who are trying to go down this path, then join our Facebook group, Love Parenting with Avital. But yeah, my point here is just that the middle is harder in that sense. It doesn't give you that sense of clarity and liberation because it demands constant thinking, critical thinking. We've actually got to turn our minds on and make decisions. And oh, the decision fatigue can be very difficult in the middle road. Number two, the middle is brave, right? We are living currently in a world that pushes us to commit to a label, right? It's a world that polarizes us. Are you a Democrat or a Republican, right? Are you righty or lefty? Are you a sleep trainer or a co-sleeper? Are you a homeschooler or are you sending to school? Are you, right? You always have to kind of, are you a breastfeeder or a bottle feeder? Do you vaccinate? Do you not vaccinate? You have to kind of uh, put yourself in a camp and stay there, right? It's a world that wants you to conform. It doesn't really mind what you conform to as long as you conform and as long as you fit neatly in a box, right? It's very brave to come out and say, guess what? I don't fit neatly in any of those boxes. I fit in some of them and not in others. I fit in some ways and not in others. I fit, but my partner doesn't. Or I fit, but my child doesn't. Or we do fit during the first year, but not during the second year. That's brave to come out and say, actually, I have two horses in this race, right? I understand this polarity and this extreme, and I'm rooting for the other extreme too, and I'm taking kind of straddling both horses and riding them both, trying to gain the perspective and the wisdom from both of those, trying to uh, apply the skills, the knowledge, the mastery, the wisdom, the insights that lots of different perspectives can offer me in this regard, be it like I said, you know, sleeping, eating, education, discipline, emotional connection, all of those different things. We're trying to combine both those worlds into a radically new path, the middle path. And finally, let's talk about this word radical. And I want to say that the middle is a radical decision in many ways, right? It's radical to reject the labels. It's radical to say, I'm neither. I'm neither one extreme or the other. I'm a new 
creature, right? I'm a new approach. I'm a new type of parent. I'm a new type of person. I'm neither sleep training nor co-sleeping. I'm neither a health freak or a sugar nut, right? I'm neither a minimalist nor a maximalist. I'm neither an unschooler nor a schooler. I'm my own person. I'm figuring out the messy, marvelous middle. And it doesn't mean that I'm just compromising on all fronts. In fact, it means I'm forging a radically new path, but one that has taken into account both options of both sides of that polarized extremes and is integrating them into this messy, marvelous middle. So I hope that you'll join me in the middle. Being in the middle means that we think. We think about these decisions. We figure out what works for us now, and we're willing to remain open and flexible and pivot and take those practices that work and cherry pick the ones that are great for our family and reject the ones that don't. It's not linear. It's not, you know, a neat little box on a spectrum between A and B. It's Z or Z for my American friends, right? It's a whole, it's a whole different space. It's a whole different space where we say, well, I don't know. I can't tell you how to sleep train your baby because I'm not going to commit to one thing. I'm going to look at what's true for you and your family and your situation and your resources, your genetics, your kid, yourself, your bed, your house right now. Today, in this moment, might not be true for you tomorrow. There is no one way <laughs> to approach sleep. That's why 7 billion people around the world have all been raised in different ways. And yes, we can absolutely debate the merits of each approach. In fact, that's what we should do, debate the merits. But we have to debate the merits, figure out what works for us in relation to our specific and unique situation, not as a one-size-fits-all blanket approach to parents and children in general. That's why it's radical to be in the middle, because it's not so neat, not so clear, and there is no one-size-fits-all. And every question that you ask me about parenting, at the end of the day, the answer really needs to be, that depends, right? The answer always has to be, it depends. It depends on so many factors. And there are some things that might seem a little bit more straightforward, but there are others that really are messy, and that's okay. That's a radical choice you're making to go into that mess. Kind of, you've got your, what's it called? An ax, I guess? You're going into the jungle and you're making your own path. And it's a path that hasn't been well trodden, but it's going to be yours. Thanks for listening to the Parenting Junkie Show. If this was helpful for you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Subscribing to the show means you'll get the bonus episodes that I only deliver here. And when you rate and review the show, it helps other parents find it. I'll be shouting out some of my favorite reviews in upcoming episodes and would love to spotlight you. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste.